Hey everyone, this is Dylan Beal for the Project Esports podcast. Um, it's me and James here today. Um, Andrew was having a few technical difficulties with his computer, so it's just going to be us two today. Um, we have a few interesting things to talk about, uh, but first I'll kick it over to James so he can introduce himself. Hey there, guys. Um, you've heard my spiel before. Um, I'm a mental health security officer, huge esports fanatic, and the manager for the Honor Esports uh, League of Legends. All right, and so we'll go ahead and just like go right into it. And the first thing um, that we're going to talk about is Dota 2 and their new uh, switch from the MMR system. Um, so if anyone doesn't know, um, the new update took the old MMR system and moved it into more of like a league system. Um, so basically going from big inflated numbers into more of a standard, I would say, esports kind of uh, ranking system. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like with them making this movie, it's like easier to digest, and you're not looking just at like raw numbers anymore. You're looking at yeah, you have something like a name to associate with it now. Yeah, I always felt really weird about those numbers, um, because StarCraft. Okay, so StarCraft did that as well, and I think most, um, I, most games do an MMR system, but on the back end. Um, so in Dota, you would actually see your number, and that would be your ranking. Um, as opposed to it all just being kind of on the back end and hidden, um, that pushes you up um, different like leagues. So I think it's a good change because actually seeing that number doesn't make any sense at all, really. And it fluctuates so much that it's kind of hard to get a good grasp. Like I know a lot of really good Dota 2 players can be like, oh yeah, I'm... Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't even really know the the numbers, but they'll yeah, be but like, like <laughs> they'll be like, oh, I'm I'm five k or whatever, or like I'm around there, and, and everyone will kind of get that. But like for me, as a non big Dota player, like I played a little bit of Dota too, but as a non Dota player, if someone's like, oh yeah, I'm like five k MMR, it's completely lost on me. Oh yeah, no, I'm I, I'm totally in the same boat. Like, I mean, I come I, I I come from like the league system where it's like you know you have these defined ranks and stuff like that, and that's what you associate with. But as soon as somebody rhymes off a number, I'm like, okay, but like where's that where's that sit? You know what I mean? <laughs> like like so I I you know I agree. This is a smart move. I think it, it it's gonna bring a bit more. Uh, I think it might bring a bit more of an audience too like because i mean like you actually have something to like a tangible name you can like associate a high level ranking player yeah. to and stuff like that which i think they chose divine is their highest rank which i, I think it's pretty that's a pretty dope choice <laughs> um but yeah no it's i think it's probably the best way i think it's the best way to go i think i think actually dota was like the, the only like remaining standstill for that for that system like i think they were the only ones like like you said everybody's moved it to the being the back burner like i have an mmr in league like and stuff like that but um yeah it was never it was never at the forefront it was always it, behind the scenes sort of thing yeah the only thing i don't like about it though is the actual names for it because like why like why like why do all these different names and not just go with the standard like bronze silver platinum diamond kind of deal because like like to someone who doesn't like isn't a part of the game if they would have like i don't play league a whole bunch but yeah. like if someone's like, oh yeah, I'm Masters or I'm Diamond in League, like for just from me having a StarCraft background, yeah. yeah, I understand what that means. Yeah, and then you look at these and it's like, okay, so Divine, I'm like, okay, all right, you're like, you've run out of the tier graph, you're at the top of the food chain, that's fine. But like Herald, Guardian, Crusader, Archon, like Legend, like sometimes like a lot of people would be like, oh, Legend has to be higher than Divine, that makes total sense, right? But like, no, like, and especially like Herald and Guardian, like maybe they... 
maybe where there's so like like there's so much stigma behind like you know the lower tiers and stuff like that maybe not giving it like a bronze or silver tier like ranking that might be why like that they may you know but like i mean that's my that's my like ah logic behind it but i don't don't even know if that's like a a good like a good estimate like or like a good a good guess i mean i like i kind of like that idea it it kind of makes sense um because like if someone's bronze in any game you'll assume they're really bad um so to kind of get rid of that like you were saying like sort of stigma behind the names i i mean that i i could see that i could see that a little bit yeah like i mean it's just like uh, it's unfortunately like that's kind of the mindset i have like one of my friends will tell me he's like bronze i'm like man what are you what are you doing <laughs> like so i mean like to him, for him to be come to me I'm like oh i'm like you know i'm harold or like you know i'm like i'm like tier like like and it's actually interesting too because you need to you need to win five games in every tier, and it's not usually like that. That's usually, like, oh no, never mind, no. I guess you just can you gain the ranks super fast because it doesn't look like they break it into like subsections, like, um, like they like at least in league, what you do is you're like you know you're bronze five to one, then you go up to silver five to one. But like this, it looks like it's only, um, uh, like what is it like, only five stars each time, and then or, yeah, so, huh. Yeah, so I'm guessing it's kind of like um, you're just advancing through the stars, and then eventually you're just going to go up, so there's not going to be the, the bronze one, two, three, um, to go up that way. So um, I actually don't know if it's like a... Do you see if it's like a win equals a star, or... Yeah, I don't know. It's not like... It's not too too open on that. Like it doesn't it doesn't go into it. Of course, it goes into the fact that you play like solo or duo games to like get placed and stuff like that. But it doesn't actually say, um, you know, like you need to win X amount of games to progress into more stars and stuff like that. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't elaborate on that. I'm interested to see if it's like you just like if you keep playing games, your stars just start showing up because your MMR is increasing in the background, right? Yeah, I think and that's you don't have to, it. Yeah, yeah, like. I mean, which I'm okay with because, like, in, like, in League, and I think, I don't know about StarCraft, but you need to do, like, advancement games in each league. So, like, if you're Bronze 2 and you want to go to Bronze 1, you need to win three games in a row once you get to your your promos, right? So, your your promotion yeah. series, right? I don't, I, I, I is, is, is StarCraft the same way? Um, no, actually, it's just, um, so, StarCraft, the, the newest iteration of their system is... They do have like a like a bronze one two three kind of deal, um, mm. and the higher your MMR, the more it pushes up, um, but it will never fall down unless it's the beginning of the season. So your MMR, um, you can try to push it up on like keep pushing it up, but if you lose a bunch, your MMR will tank and it'll be a lot harder to rank up. But you'll still be your highest rank. Um, oh okay. Yeah. So there's no like promotion. There's no promo games. Um, and there's no, like, games where you can be demoted anymore. Um, the only time you can be demoted is at the beginning of a season. Huh. Okay. And then, you know what? Come to think of it, like, the Dota doesn't even touch on that either, whether you can get demoted or not. So maybe maybe they're adopting, like, what, what, what StarCraft's done. Because I know, yeah, like you said, like, that that most recent, you know, redesign of, like, the, the, the ranking system is fairly new, is it not? It's within the last year or two, Um, it's maybe? It's right about then because... I mean, unfortunately for StarCraft 2, um, all their best changes that they've made were kind of when the game's been dead. 
um i mean i i hate to say that about starcraft 2 but it's it's true i mean like um there is still tons of people playing especially since it went free to play um yeah yeah huge move but they they did do a lot of changes in the past year or two when when the population was pretty low but yeah um so i mean just my experience playing with that new system i really like it and if dota did the same i'm totally on board with it um but also just from looking maybe the the stars are the bronze one two and three kind of deals mm, i could see that yeah um i'm sure since it's more mmr based um it'll kind of like flex a little bit around um going up and down i i can imagine it'll probably look similar to starcrafts but i'm assuming you'll probably be able to get demoted yeah like that especially with like mobas and stuff like that that seems to kind of be the trend I mean, I'm just honestly so surprised that Dota's so, I don't know, like late to the party when it comes to like the associating with the names, not the raw numbers. That's the big, that's the big takeaway I have from this. Not so much like, oh, this is a cool system. It's like, oh, this system hasn't been implemented already. I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing for me. Um, so <clears throat> just going through it, I noticed that there are actually skill increases for solo play only in some of these tiers and actually that they have more impact if you're playing solo as opposed to a team or duos did you see that i did yeah 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 so like to me like like i think it's around their tier yeah tier six is like when you can only do so solo which is which is like that transfers in league too like league you, after a certain point you can only do solo as well but for it to have significantly more impact that's i mean i guess it makes sense but uh it seems they, they seem to put a pretty big stress on it like that's that's like highlighted in like every tier it's like solo has more impact right so yeah. like it's like like don't play with your friends if you if you want to climb well so the way i kind of see it is that um so as opposed to league um in dota i don't think there's really like a there's different queues i mean i i can be i can be totally wrong on this but i think it's just like one big queue you can go into um so kind of everything is a flex queue. Uh, I yeah yeah I guess I, yeah cause I I'm think, not too sure either right. I, yeah. I think it is. I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it is. So I think that's maybe why they're doing this. Um, at the very least, um, all of the ranks are pulled into one. There's no separation of them. So I can understand that if you go in with a big stack, um, your team kind of your your teamwork is a lot better, and you'll end up probably doing better overall as opposed to a solo player. Um, with the same exact skill, but by having solo be more impactful, so if you do better playing by yourself, you'll rank up kind of at the same pace as if you were, you know, going in with duos. So I think that's kind of like, um, I think they're doing a weird way of kind of balancing around um, like the always flex kind of cues. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, and that, that would make sense. Like, if you're only going to have one cue, you need to try and figure out a way to to make it fair to people who don't want to play with other people and stuff like that and that's probably like that's probably the safest way to do it if they're not if they're not like distinguishing between solo and like flex queue and stuff like that so i i yeah i guess that makes sense because i think after the, at the end of the day depending on how good your team is you'll probably climb around the same rate like if you're a gifted player or your team or like gifted playing together you know what i mean you'll cl kind of climb at the same rank of course until you get to that that higher tier where it's not allowed right and i guess that's what you're, you're gonna see i in my my prediction with if if they do do the whole like flex queue is the only queue sort of thing you're gonna see a lot of people stuck at like the tier five rank which just seems to be where the cutoff is before you need to start playing solo games 
yeah so overall i think it's definitely a good thing the only i mean like i said before the only gripe i had was with with the with the names but i mean definitely a good definitely a good move for dota especially if they want to kind of shed that whole dota's the you know the moba for like the elite player whatever kind of stigma of where yeah like no casual player (laughs) base yeah (laughs) um i i always heard it that uh that league has like a a skill curve and dota has like a skill like cliff like it is impossible like to to actually get a hold of dota 2 but like when you do then it's fine as opposed to league where it like kind of holds your hand when you're first playing and it's always (laughs) kind of a fun experience and you're never like hating the game as opposed to dota 2 where you go in and you're getting like flamed and you have all these champions all of them are unlocked you have no idea what to do and you're like what what is this game even (laughs) <laughs> yeah we're, like, yeah because it's just so overwhelming you're like where do i start everybody expects me to already know what the hell i'm doing like yeah like and that's the thing i've like like even like just speaking from a player standpoint like league have, for me has been like a slow curve since i started right like i started in like my first season with gold my last two seasons were platinum and now i'm diamond right and it's like yeah like it's always been an enjoyable experience despite the fact like i started in like the depths of bronze sort of thing but like like you said I've heard that too from players who have like come over from Dota and they're like, yeah, like you get to a certain point and you just like, you got nothing. Like <laughs> you, like you, you, you try and take it all in. And if you don't, then you're, you're, you're never, you're never, you're never going to make it in that game period. Right. So yeah, no, I think this is like, this is a, probably a, the, the best way to do it and probably make it easier for the players to kind of, to kind of learn and come into it. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's go ahead and shift gears over to um, an article that was just on uh, the Score Esports, I believe is the name of the website. Um, they just did kind of a, a video, um, I don't even know the genre, I don't want to say documentary, but kind of like a, a video spotlight sort of on the whole yeah. um, CSGO um, swag uh, scandal that happened a few years ago. I think it was two years ago. Um, basically, a quick rundown of it is swag was a basically a a csgo prodigy and he was really really good and um it was i buy power is a team he was on correct uh yes yeah yeah Yeah, so they got kind of caught up in a a match fixing scandal and all the players except for one i believe who ended up not really being super involved in it at all um they all got permabanned from any valve related events by valve itself um so Valve being weirdly hands-on and off with their games, um, they're very selective about when they want to be hands-on, but basically they brought the hammer down and, and kind of banned them all. And a lot of people were really upset because Swag was a super, super young player, and a lot of people felt you know all that potential was lost because of one mistake he made. Um, and so I think it's kind of just a, a good kind of to- time to just talk about match fixing in general. Um, so let's go ahead and just start with match fixing this event and everything kind of in the scope of CSGO and we can kind of branch out from there after. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. sounds good. Um, yeah. Cause like, I mean, to, I, I like, again, because of my background, like, like max fishing is so, so rare to me that like my experience with it isn't that, it isn't all that like. I don't have much of it. Um, so when I seen like that it was happening in like CSGO and stuff like that, like I didn't know that that 
could even be a thing, I guess, with that many... I guess, like, I mean, I guess it's all possible and stuff like that, but, yeah, this seemed to be, like, the the biggest thing, and, like, I mean, if you go to the co if you go to the comment section, like, the first thing is, like, you had talked about, um, is, like, the top comments, like, hashtag, like, free Brax, who was... Who, Braxton was, like, the, the guy's name, right? So, yeah, no, like, this... The controversy behind this is, like, ridiculous, man, like... Yeah, so... It's kind of funny saying that your background, you don't really see this too much, um, as opposed to me, who StarCraft, obviously the big savior scandal of where that whole big match-fixing thing, bringing down Korean esports, um, and then just fighting games in general. Um, so I don't know if you know this, but collusion is actually super common in fighting games. Um, I No, yeah. <laughs> I, I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Um, so f basically... Um, if you go into a tournament and you have like you're going with a friend, um, it's almost now not really nowadays. Maybe in smaller tournaments nowadays, but definitely the older tournaments, you would go in, and you would just go in with the assumption that you and your friend, if you got top two, would split the pool for grand finals. So you would go in and you would like obviously these players are are good and they know what they're doing, so they're gonna play mm -hmm. seriously. But in the back of their heads, they're like, we're just going to split the pot no matter who wins. So not necessarily that it's not a big deal, the match, but they kind of have that cushion of we're, we're splitting the prize money anyway, so it doesn't matter too much. Yeah, and that just kind of like takes out the, the competitive element, you know what I mean? Because you're like, oh, well, like, I mean, since myself and, you know, like my partner are this good, then we've got nothing to worry about, right? Like, we're just going to split it anyway. It's like, yeah. Yeah, and it's... Like, I, I, yeah, it's crazy. Holy shit. Yeah, and the whole idea behind it is that it was really hard to make a living in esports, especially in fighting games back in the day, because your only money you would get is going to these tournaments and winning. There was no salary for players or anything. And so the way you had to make your money is go and play and win the games. And if you go up against your friend... How are you going to go up against your friend and make them lose out on like a, uh, like basically a paycheck? And it, it feels bad like to make them lose out on a paycheck um, like that. And so a lot of people just kind of colluded and, and just split the, the prize money that way. Yeah, uh, you know, and now that you put it like that, that makes like like it makes total sense in like a very like poor way like i mean like yeah especially where esports was in its infancy at that time like and that's probably why you don't see it so much anymore because the you know the the paychecks have like you know uh like leveled out and solidified more or less so you know you're getting steady amounts of money while playing you don't you don't have to be constantly worried like you know shit am i gonna eat this week right so uh yeah no i guess that i guess that makes sense like why you would see so much of it running rampant in the early scenes and that's, yeah and like i said that's probably why you don't see it now as much yeah, and especially for League, I would say that's one of the reasons why you don't see it as much is because all these LCS teams, they're getting salaried by Riot. So, like, oh yeah, they're making good money. They're in, you know, really big team houses, and they're getting taken care of. Now, I'm sure a lot of them would, like, there there are people out there who, like, even though they, they're basically living the dream and they're doing what they really love to do, and they're getting all this really nice stuff. I'm sure there's probably someone out there that would still kind of try to flex around the system and, and get more money. But I, that's probably why you don't see it a lot is because, you know, they're actually taken care of. Uh, yeah, well, I think the most recent as far as, like, 
scandals within within league was a owner refusing to play his pay his players. That was last year with Team Huma, I believe, which was like a challenger tier team. They weren't even like super established and stuff like that. But yeah, he, the guy just outright refused to play plays pay his players they had to do a big like you know a big lawsuit about it and everything like that and riot like because um unlike it, it seems like unlike valve where they like are very selective of what they are in and out of which i mean makes sense because their their games are so vast riot is the only controlling body for this game so they're, they they intercede all the freaking time right so they're they were the ones who were just like nope you're done you're gone you're playing these players at the end of it like all that good stuff so yeah i guess i guess that makes sense um, why, like, the whole system now, like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, like, has there been any update that you've seen in regards to, like, the, these players and stuff like that? Have you seen anything recent that would, like, sit, hint at them being, like, unbanned by chance? Uh, no, the only thing I did see is that other organizations that weren't Valve were willing to have them in their tournaments, um, so I know, uh, I think it was at dream hack yeah it was at dream hack they they put out a statement it, this was in the video they, they put out a statement and said yeah you can come play as long as valve isn't sponsoring the tournament and so i think i don't really think valve will go back on it just because it's too much work for them to be honest like <laughs> like not that they don't like like these players or anything but they're like eh, that's too much effort we'll just we'll just not pay attention to it yeah, we'll just sweep it under the rug and not care about it anymore. Now, what I really want to know is it always feels like CSGO is up to shady stuff. So <laughs> you know, have man. match fixing, you had all the skins and the skin gambling, you had um yeah. that one client uh for I forget what it was. It was it was a client that you could play in for for like really competitive matches that had like a Bitcoin miner on the back of it. Do you remember oh, that story? What? Yeah. No, I never saw that. What? Yeah, I forget what it was exactly. Um, but basically, it was a client that you would download so you can go play on a certain serve, like a, a certain couple of servers for matchmaking and okay. CS:GO, and it had a Bitcoin miner in it, and so someone was mining Bitcoins off of like thousands and thousands of players' computers. Now it wasn't intensive because they wanted to keep it kind of on the down low. But right. they would run this this miner that was a small miner and doing very minute things, but added up across thousands and thousands of people. Like, it was nuts. Oh, yeah, man. And it's like, just like, it always feels like CSGO is up to some real shady stuff, and I want to know why. Why is it always seem yeah. like that? I don't, and that's the thing too, man. Like, I don't know. You never see this. You never see this in the sh in the mobas. You don't even see it in like the console shooters and stuff like that. It's like ex like exclusively CS:GO. I don't know, man. Like, I, I mean, like, I've almost developed like a stigma like around the player base and stuff like that. And especially like not only that too, but like you see some of like the most raw aggression like come out of those players as well. Like, like I mean, like even in matches and stuff like that. Like they, the, the, these guys talk like they talk mad shit, man. Like, like, and it's like, and it's important to the point where like officials have to step in and stuff like that. Like, why, why is there so much like, ah, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe. Like, like, it's not even only shady, but it's like, it's just poor conduct all around. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I like, I hate slam, slamming like the CS:GO like player base and like the or, like in the, you know, the game itself and stuff like that. But yeah, you don't see this anywhere else, right? Yeah, so, like, the only thing I can really think of is a mixture of that's kind of, um, that's kind of 
you know, FPS culture, um, a mix of that, and there's not a lot of um, hard rules in CSGO. Now, I know Valve does some things with it, but they're kind of, they're a little bit hands-off with it. Um, in, in some, like, that's what I was saying before, they're, they're hands-on and off. Um, mm-hmm. So I know there's tons of tournaments that aren't like super hands-on with Valve. They don't have these big, big leagues like Riot does with their game. So I think a mixture of things being sometimes hands-off, um, the first-person shooter culture, and just like um, the overall kind of leniency, I would say, in, in, in the game kind of lends itself to just some of these things coming up and not not putting down um any any first person shooter player but like definitely going to the xbox and you know console days with all those first person shooters when those were the big esports it kind of had the same um feel yeah same vibe to it that's a good word for it yeah 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 yeah. like like, i think you're Mm -hmm. right i think where there's like there's no repercussions to like you know losing your mind at like another player and stuff like that right if you don't if, if it's not controlled or anything like that and I, like that's i think that's where it stems from is where the the first major esports came from console and stuff like that where you didn't have like a major corporation like like governing it and stuff like that and really controlling it that it just was never implemented and it kind of fell to the wayside whereas like i'm sure um, like we've been talking about in previous podcasts where the Overwatch League is so fresh and new, I'm sure there's going to be tons of rules and, like, sanctions about, like, you know, um, like, poor behavior and stuff like that because it's it's gone back and, like, oh, this is, you know, like, this the, this game found this pitfall with this problem and stuff like that. So maybe that's just it, like, especially CSGO because CSGO has been around for, for years and years and years, right? They just haven't implemented anything, and maybe, like I don't know, maybe they just don't want to. Maybe that's a, like a, a part of the flavor of the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I could totally see that because I mean, I totally see Overwatch players looking at CS:GO and being like, I don't feel like I fit in there, and definitely mm-hmm. vice versa. CS:GO players being like, Oh, I, I don't belong with with the Overwatch players. I, I totally see that because they're two very, very different communities, and even though they're both first-person shooters. They definitely have a different vibe to them. Oh, ab- absolutely for sure. The another another shooter I wanted to touch on, and this kind of moves into our next article, is um, the Gears of War scene. Now, like Gears of War, like for me, has always been like I- I've had a big a big feel for it. It's been it's been very sentimental um, because like the story is just so gripping. The gameplay was very unique when it first was released and stuff like that. And like the Gears esports scene is just it just seems to continue to grow. Like I mean, like their their total prize pool overall for this for the second season is like two million dollars which i mean in compare like i mean like in comparison like the league the league of legends finals was four million and league has been established for like several years and now gears is like oh well we're gonna you know it's only our second season but we're gonna match that with like two million yeah, right? I, like, I, I don't understand that at all that like those those are numbers <laughs> that just do not make sense to me no exactly right like it's 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 for something that seems to be so niche and so small like they have so much money invested into it and i i'd really like to know why and like if and, and this may be like another big like sleeper esport that we're going to see like really like like popping up and expanding now so my experience with with gears is that i knew it was super like i, I was always super into gears whenever there was a new game i always got it and it was always fun i would always get crushed online though like absolutely crushed (laughs) like it was it wasn't even like fun like i i didn't understand like anything about it really 
Um, and then I stopped playing, I think, after three. But it living on kind of competitively, I'll tell you where it was super popular. And that was in uh, Southern America, like in South America and in a lot of like Hispanic countries. It was really okay. It was exploding. Like I, I, I don't know why. That's like something I just like can't explain. It's like a like a Korean and StarCraft thing. Like it just happened. It, it just <laughs> it just happened. Like it was super popular, and I think it probably lent itself to um to just it being a a console game because I think consoles are, are are fairly popular there. So that could have been one of the reasons. Um, mainly Xboxes, I think, were super super popular. Yeah, like, and I guess, I guess, like, I'm, uh, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know why, why it has to be, like, why it's like regional based. I, I still don't get there because it seems like a lot of like another, a lot of like the shooter market does come from from South America. Like, I mean, Brazil, Brazilian players are huge in CS:GO too. Like, I mean, like that's another like a, a big player base that they draw from them. Um, another thing it seems too, uh, just looking further into the Gears article, is that they didn't decide to use um, Twitch. Um, it, they used, uh, which would make sense because where Gears is owned by Microsoft, they had to use Microsoft's version, which is called Mixer. Um, and I think that maybe maybe that's why this is like a, such a sleeper esport is because you don't see it on the major promoted like like websites like Twitch and stuff like that, right? Like, yeah. Which Mixer I think, before this, I have never heard about. No, me either. <laughs> like, I, like I had to like read like the fine print and be like, what is mix like mixer? What the hell is that, right? But yeah, and like I guess the like the championship like it's already like like it's it, it only had like three thousand viewers, right? Which I'm sure we're all like diehard league fans, right? Like or not league, sorry, gears fans. Um, so yeah, no man, I would love and like they're probably they'll unfortunately probably never be able to do it. Move from like especially in, like the competitive scene, move from like to move from mixer to Twitch. Unless it's like a third party thing that like kind of like what happens with Valve, where like different organi- different organizations can pick it up, like maybe like ESL, uh, yeah, ESL or something like that, um, and maybe they'll allow it. I don't know, because um, I would love I would love to see more competitive gears, like gears, like especially gears three and four, like they moved away from the engine of being like kind of slow combat and stuff like that, and, and it's really like fast paced now and stuff like that. Plus like the weapons, like the and the, like the nice part I like about gears two is like. It's not all. It's not all like like um, dexterity and stuff like that. As far as like getting like a quick headshot and stuff like that. Like you have like melee kills and executions and stuff like that. Like which, from a viewership standpoint, is freaking great, man. Who doesn't want to see that, mm-hmm. right? Now th- I think. Oh, go oh, ahead. Sorry. sorry. Uh, the one thing that does bother me a li- little bit is that it is on Mixer, because um, I feel like <laughs> yeah. it would do so much better on Twitch. And even though, so uh, there's one part of me saying like oh, no, it's good it's not on Twitch. There shouldn't be a monopoly on streaming. And then the other other part of me is like, well, Twitch is just, like, the best service. Like, it, it, it's 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 hard to, like, argue against there being multiple platforms when one platform is just clearly better. Yeah, you can't, like, that's just it. Like, it, it would be different if, if there was another platform that was doing it as good as Twitch. And then you're like, okay, this is this is good that it's spread out. But yeah, no, Twitch has just done everything right. So it's like, why why not put everything there? Why not do that? Why not make your competitive scene better by centralizing it? You know what I mean? Yeah, because then you have the thing of where viewership bleeds over too. So someone goes on Twitch just to see what's on stream right now. And then they see, oh, like the gears finals are on i didn't even know gears was an esport let me click on that 
Um, mm. The same thing happened to me with, um, I think, I think it was like, a, like the spelling bee finals. They were on Twitch, and <laughs> that's awesome, yeah, man. <laughs> I just got so fat. Like I saw it, and I was like, "Huh, I didn't know this was a big thing. Let me, let me click on that and let me check it out." <laughs> and then you just get sucked in, yeah, right? And like you, and just, you like, get sucked you're invested. In. You get sucked in by the weirdest things on Twitch, just like either a super niche game or like randomly they're like, oh, we have the 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 international chess finals on there, um, which that would be a, a good discussion actually to have one day is is talk about chess as like a pseudo esports right now. Yeah, I uh, man, I definitely I definitely do, especially because if I remember right, they're the ones who introduced uh, the MMR system. Is that like? Correct me if I'm wrong here. Actually, um, they're definitely one of the oldest MMR systems, um, for sure. So yeah, I I didn't even like make that connection, but yeah, <laughs> uh, that that would definitely that, be it. it. And it like, I know they just introduced a new uh, chess uh, category on Twitch, and it's been like blowing up. Like I I knew over the past like couple of years, it's been getting bigger and bigger. But like, it's just it's crazy because like because of the like i guess the technology out there with being able to play chess online you're able to have it spread and, and become yeah, this new thing yeah you don't have to worry about like going to what do you i, I don't want to call it a land tournament because that's exactly <laughs> what i was about to do but you don't need to physically yeah, be there yeah, right yeah. and so yeah no that'd be oh man that'd be great to do on like and like kind of like look into that scene because like i mean especially if it's growing too and that's and that's huge too because that chess is one of those games that's just it's so like it's so globalized like you know like the rules are universal like there's no and there's no individual like sanctioning depending on region it's just especially where it's been around so long right it would not surprise me if that if that scene gets like bigger and bigger um okay so to kind of wrap up this talk on gears um yeah i I have a quick question um that we can both go for so if there was an sleeper esports that you would find out was actually kind of popular and had a decent community tomorrow what what game would you want that to be? Like, if you could choose any game to be like a sleeper esports, what would it be? Oh man, uh, <laughs> you know what? Um, and I'm gonna like it's it's kind of crappy because it's like it's it's fairly new and stuff like that. But Legion TD was like a huge game on Warcraft three for me back in the day. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and Legion TD two just came out, which is by these two dudes who just decided to make it. And if I could see like a competitive version of that, that would be that would be freaking sick, that, man. That I would, would be that would that. be really cool. What about what about you, man? Um, so I would probably choose the first competitive multiplayer game I ever played online, um, Ratchet and Clank. That had a multiplayer. That had that had a multiplayer. So um, I was a <laughs> okay. super big fan of the series, and I think it was like the third game or something. It said um, online available. And I had no idea what online meant in PlayStation 2. And so, like, I bought the game, and I went down to GameStop. I picked up that – there was, like, this big, um, like, pack that you would put on the back of your PlayStation 2. You would put in a CD and, like, install drivers, and you would have to manually set up, like, um, a bunch of settings and then plug an Ethernet cable in. It was, like, a whole process. And then once you did – you had PlayStation Online, of where you can play some games online. Dude, what was that interface like? Like that just there sounds was, like uh, like there was an oh. interface for the the internet connection part of it, like setting it up. 
But after yeah. that, it was completely up to whoever made the game to make their own interface. Oh, that's there so was cool, no man. dashboards or anything. It was, it was the weirdest thing ever, but it was fun. <laughs> it was so incredibly fun. Oh man, like and yeah, like like people just trying to pioneer that like back in the day, right? Because I know GameCube tried to do the same thing too, and it was like, super rare, and like you never heard about oh, it. Like what uh, was that? What was that super popular MMO? Um, um it was Fantasy oh, Star, right? Yeah, 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 Fantasy Star Online. Yeah, that was the only online game I I knew for for GameCube. I think I think if I remember right, because I was a huge like, actually another sleeper like sleeper esport I would love to know, but it would be Custom Robo. Like that was a it was a huge GameCube game for me, and I think they had some online as well. But again, nobody nobody bought the freaking like adapter for like the online thing for you know for GameCube. But that would be that was another one I think it was online, and it's definitely like a top pick for me for one that would be like a sleeper esport because that game was freaking bomb. And it, it it's so weird to me because like they like consoles had really really primitive online um like online versions um in the early days like playstation 2 and stuff but for pc you had tons of games that were online at that that time like that were considered like fairly decent like i'm pretty sure a few of the first mmos were super popular and probably quake then and they were all like well established and console was just like yeah, we have these giant packs that we just put them on the back, I guess. I guess. Yeah, this this works, right, guys? Like, the kids like this, right? So, uh, I would, I'd be yeah, super no. interested to see, like, someone go back and look on, like, the evolution of, like, like online games on, in consoles. That'd be a documentary I'd watch, like, 100%, man. Like, I'd, I'd be super interested to see just, like, the progression and stuff like that. Because I think around the same time, like, I think, like, Age of Empires 2 would have been, like, super popular as well. Yeah, wouldn't it have? yeah I think I think so. Um, have you seen any of uh, the Noclip documentaries? No, I have not, no. Oh, it's... Uh, um, recommend? Yeah, very, very much so. They have, um, uh, basically, they just do um, long-form documentaries on just different video game things. Um, so they had one on CD, CD Project Red, um, the guys who did Witcher on their history. And okay. it's so interesting because, like, I didn't know CD Project Red. The guys who made Witcher were originally, like, a Polish translating company for, like, PC games of where they used to order PC games and, like, translate them. And that's how they got their start. But like, oh, like we okay. didn't, <laughs> and like we didn't know about them until like Witcher came out, and so like, um, they're they're super super high quality and stuff. So, um, definitely recommend them. But like doing it, like seeing a documentary like that on 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 online console games, like in the early days, would be so so interesting to me. Oh, definitely, man. Yeah, and just to see like where we started and where we're at now, right? Especially in terms of like esports, like it, like and like what what like was like the most primitive base like esports along with like while trying to adjust and grow with like the like the beginning of like online gaming right that'd be yeah man that'd be a that'd be a wicked watch um all right so let's go ahead and shift over to our very last topic um and one that obviously you hold near and dear to you and that's all the big lcs changes yes yeah yeah yeah, man like uh the 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 full the full NALCS roster has been announced. Uh, not so much like player roster specifically, but the teams being associated with it. Um, I'm gonna, I actually, you know, I'm gonna rhyme it off from memory because that's how that's how in, in in it I've been so right now. So they didn't go with the regional based system like I think we discussed like at length within the pre- previous weeks. Um, they kept it to 
um, just like the traditional like team names and stuff like that, or non-traditional team names, I guess, if traditional was like associating a region. But we have like TSM, Cloud9, um, oh, oh my god, I'm brain farting right now, CLG, um, the, like the, the three founding fathers sort of thing. Unfortunately, Dignitas, the fourth founding father, ne never made it. Um, then we have Clutch, Clutch Gaming, which is um, the association with the Houston Rockets, the Golden Guardians, um, which is the Golden State Warriors affiliate. Um, we have 100 Thieves, which is a very controversial name in esports, mainly because it's centra uh, centralized around Nadeshot, the uh, the very prominent COD player. Um, also, Optic Gaming made their way into the LCS. They're they're in there like a dirty shirt now. <laughs> um, Team Liquid, which we're I think we're going to touch on a little bit here, um, are also in there as well. And I believe the I believe that's it. So that eight? Yeah, so the first thing I want to talk about real quick and just touch upon it, like as a non-huge yeah. um, fan of League, um, just like I, I don't really keep up with it a lot and follow the teams a lot, I think it's really cool that Optic has a team. Um, oh, like, yeah. If no, from an sure. organization standpoint, um, my experience with Optic was them being kind of like a meme clan in Call of Duty. And for them to actually be a super reputable esports organization right now like it, it i don't know like something about it kind of makes me happy <laughs> just to see them like established now and like into the, like the franchising model yeah oh like, yeah I, no. I think it's so cool and especially like just going over to like a moba and not just being a super fps um organization central i think it's so cool yeah I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do and unfortunately the other two i forgot and one of them is like memeier than the other one is FlyQuest and echo fox and echo fox has kind of taken up the, the the mantle of being like the Mimi LCS team because of course it's run by Rick Fox and like the guy's like super involved and stuff like that mm -hmm. so like it's like meme central <laughs> for that team <laughs> but yeah though those so those are all the teams that are all finalized and stuff like that and now we're slowly starting to see the, like the roster releases but a big thing that happened was um which it didn't seem any organization did other than Liquid and Liquid decided to put together their application to the LCS and put it actually up on their website so they could, um, like, so people could understand what they put into it. And you and I were discussing this before the podcast, and, like, we were just both blown away by the amount of effort and, like, how they put it together, like, and what they did to, like, get themselves a spot in the LCS. Like, it's crazy. Um, and, of course, too, at the bottom of the webpage is this great little memorial to Internet Hulk as well, which I think is great. Yeah, so looking over this, I thought it was amazing. Like, this is something I 100% expect from Liquid. Them putting together this, like, be like, like, there's no other way to describe this document other than beautiful. Like, it is, oh, yeah. like, it is amazing to look at, like, the amount of hours put into it, the level of, like, detail. And not only that, it just looks good. Like, it's very pleasing to the eyes. Like, um, how many man hours was it, like, Ten thousand, a, a, a thousand plus man hours is what is what they say, and that's it, that's really incredible. Like clearly, a really dedicated team was put onto this to make this the best possible to go into Riot's hands, and it really makes me think: Is this on par with everyone else? Is it above everyone else? Below everyone else? I really would like to see where everyone else stands and what kind of work they submit to Riot to be able to be accepted. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like I know the big, the, the only thing really anybody knew about the LCS application was you needed to present your case and open your books, like your your financial records and everything like that. But I had no idea like anybody was going to do something like this. Like, like I physically want a copy of this. Like I want to see, like I want to buy this. This thing seems great. Um, so yeah, I, I'd love to see like, especially, especially organizations like Optic and, and, uh, like, you know, the Golden Guardians and stuff like that. I wonder if they put something together like this as well. You know what I mean? Or maybe, and this is kind of my speculation, is that Liquid was so proud of what they put together. They're like, you know what? We want the internet to see what we did too. Like we want, we we're that proud. We're, you know, we want people to, to see the amount of effort that went into it. Right. So yeah, I don't, I don't like this was, it's really interesting to see because like it touched on things that we never thought was covered, like merchandise and in their, their housing and stuff like that. And not just, not just like a financial standpoint, but like background on like their CSO or CEOs and like what they plan for future. Like, which I mean, of course you're seeing it all now makes total sense. You're like, Oh, like why wouldn't they want that? Right. But it's just stuff you never considered. Right. Yeah. Like what I would think of is someone was like, yeah, a bunch of teams submit applications to be in LCS. What I would think is, oh, they probably just like submit documentation that they have a full team, um, they have a full staff, um, and then probably just things documenting that like they have infrastructure and stuff like that and maybe proof that they're able to pay um, all their employees and stuff. But I would never think that they have to go into like um, abstract things about like, who we are as a team and, and kind of like their goals and visions. Um, it's just not something I would expect, but like you were saying after seeing it, it goes, Oh yeah, of course, of course that's in of there. Course. Of course they want that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think the CEO or the co-CEO going on like a, his bio is like 15 pages. I think that may be a bit of overkill, but like, and just for, just for contrast too. So as of right now, like uh, my work with honor, like we're pu currently putting in like an application to be a part of, a like lower like an amateur leagues like uh tournament in the in the jan in january and this is a two-page application that's it like that's all i have to fill out as like the manager and stuff like that and i mean it's very generic questions like you talk like you said like you know like what's your what's your community following size um you know give us your like give us your your plans and like uh what days are you available to compete and stuff like that but then you see this and you're like oh my this blows away any expectation i would have ever had right it's far it's far less generic than you would expect right Yeah, and just like coming at it from a, a collegiate esports um, perspective, whenever I was signing up any of my teams to compete, it was always, it's like, like in comparison, even to like what you're doing, it's like the Wild West. So we would compete, <laughs> we would compete in like very legitimate organizations like um, ULOL, which has ties to Riot. Um, oh, yeah. Te like all the TESPA stuff, which is directly tied into Blizzard um, and their like competitive stuff. And it was basically a Google form that was like, put in all your Battle.net IDs and give us a coordinator to contact. And it was just like a Google form. And so like- That's what, I, that's what I'm doing right now too. Yeah, so like <laughs> compared I'm to that, it was like, it's like the Wild West of just like throwing names and just like, uh, here, here's our Battle.nets, uh, here's our team name, let's go. Yeah, add us and talk to us there. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah, right? Add, like add us in client. Yeah, it's and it's like it's super informal, right? Which is hilarious because, yeah, like it's tied to such so many big names. You think like you need maybe not something to this magnitude, of course, but like something like at, at the be the beginning stages of this, like you know what I mean? Like, oh man, it blows me away. I like and I'm gonna say this and like, 
like, time and time again, I want a physical copy of this. I'm gonna look on Liquid Store right now and see if I can like if they have it like in their merch or something like oh, that. Oh, that'd be so cool! Like if you could like just get a PDF of it and just like bring it to oh, like yeah. a FedEx or something, and be like, yeah, I want this like couple hundred page make... document like printed. Make this for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, like, man, we've yeah, we had a we've had a good couple of topics tonight man i like i like i like tonight like tonight was covering like everything like this this felt nice it felt nice to like as much as i love talking about the overwatch scene because like i've, I've said before i've just been like gripped in um to touch on like the csgo scene and like the the growing apparently gear scene um no it feels it feels really good man get some variety in here yeah and that's that's a thing just about talking about esports in general it's just you talk about one topic and it always leads into something else and like just talking about like some of the the like the smaller games and like we're going off on chess and stuff and it's like yeah there's always more you can always talk about these things and i think i mean definitely a lot of topics here we can definitely revisit and, and talk about and um like definitely flesh out like like t- like every one of these topics can have its own themed like episode probably and we can go off for like an hour on it oh absolutely yeah easily easily like because i know we always i find at least as we've been doing this like we've been like having to cut ourselves off because we're just we're so deep in the rabbit hole after like one topic (laughs) so yeah no man it's it's wicked i love it um but yeah i think that's probably a pretty good place to wrap up um so i'll go ahead and start off and then throw it to to james to to give us our final wrap up but um if you want to find me uh on twitter it's beal for real that's at beal for real um the number four like the the digit four uh, feel free to follow me, send me DMs about esports, or just at me anytime. Um, but yeah, go ahead, James. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter as well at James A R E Graham. Um, DM me about anything. I'm I unfortunately don't spend much time away from my computer. My girlfriend hates me for it. Um, but yeah, hit up me, hit me up for especially league related stuff, guys. I will definitely talk to the cows come home about that good stuff. So yeah, man, that's it for Project Esports this week. Um, Hope you guys all have a great night.